Hey, hello, hello, everybody. Um, so I'm having a weird night. I'm making a choice to, um, I don't know what I'm doing, actually. I think I, I want to talk through something. I, uh, it's embarrassing. On one level, it's embarrassing. On the, on another, it, because it, it, unless you were inside the situation, I just seem like a crazy person. So I don't, I think one of the things I've never really done here is talk about being with my ex. Uh, I, I, I've alluded to it, but I haven't really just discussed what it was like, which would explain to anybody with any sense at all why it is that I can't let go. Why I'm having such difficulty, I should say, in letting go. The other part is this, is that I'm fighting a battle with myself, like a constant not constant, that's not fair, because I've gone through, and I really am in, like, in a different place than I was when we first broke up. I'm in a different place than I was last year. I'm in a different place than I was six months ago. I'm in a different place than I was, you know, three months ago. And it's all good. It's all progress towards really being free of heartbreak and heartache and the pain of it all. Um, and, but one of the things that I'm struggling with is trying to figure out how much, <laughs> how reasonable, ugh, so annoying. And, and I know what my therapist would say, because I'm getting ready to say, I want to know how reasonable it is that I still feel so um, connected, not, not literally connected, not because I'm not sure of that, but I feel on my side, on my end, is a feeling of a sense of belonging to and um, of belonging to, as in belonging to him, part of him belonging to me. So, and I was reading a book earlier, Psy Changeling, very elemental books very primal in their passions, love them, um, by Nalini Singh, N-A-L-I-N-I, Singh, S-I-N-G-H, great writer, great books, amazing world building. Seriously, if I could build worlds the way that she builds worlds, uh, I, maybe I could. I don't know if I could or not. I, I have never tried. I might not be able to do it as well. I have no idea, but I would love to be as good at world building as her. And so basically I have been in Nalini Singh school ever since I found um, Slave to Sensation, her first Psy Changeling novel. And I've read the series, um, I would say the first 15 or 16 books of the series. <laughs> Um, I've read them all at least three times. Now, if you want to talk about the first 10, we're talking about, you know, 
possibly double digits. Um, because I never, I, I, there's, there's something about the story, her, her way of writing. She does not do cliffhangers, but she does have like a, does she not, not typical cliffhangers. There's a link, there's an overarching narrative storyline that the individual romance novels are in service to. And there are times that I read it for the romance. There are times that I've gone back and read it just for the world, just for the sociopolitical stuff that she created, which is just amazing. And what's awesome about her books is that, you know, I just, you know, ended up tweeting or putting it on Instagram, posting on Instagram about there's a situation that's developing between two of the characters early in the book. And I'm thinking, and she hasn't defined what's going on, but I love that she rewards fans of her books, her readers, her diehard readers with this kind of thing, because we all know what's up. We're like, oh, yes, this is amazing. Amazing. We've never done this before. It's so cool. I can't believe she's doing this this way. And it's so exciting and it's cool to kind of figure out, okay, so when are they going to figure it out and what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. But but it also serves, still serves like the first time reader of her books by, you know, being able to just kind of enjoy, enjoy it. So it's good. It's all good, right? Here's the thing. I'm reading it and in my guts, in my, the men I'm reading about are not dissimilar from my man, my ex man, I should say. And the men that I tended to be interested in men if i have a type there is um i i don't really i've never really yeah if i have a type it's a particular yeah uh i'm annoyed (laughs) because i don't want to say it i don't like saying it because it sounds not good it it feels I'm a pacifist and I'm, you know, I'm a conscientious objector and I don't believe in war or violence or any of those things. And so the idea that I'm saying that, you know, my type tends to be military guys. It military guys who've seen action tends to be my type. Um, not my fault because that's who I was raised by. So um uh there's a certain kind of way of a lens through which they often look at the world and situations that i um find really appealing and i'm really appreciative of there is a certain degree of protectiveness like their idea of protecting the weak I am not talking about the toxic people because whenever I talk about this stuff, if I'm talking about a toxic person, I will be clear that I'm just, I'm speaking of someone who's toxic. But when I am just talking about people, I'm not going to go to the extremes of toxicity or perfection, but just sort of run of the mill humans doing the best they can, trying their hardest to, you know, to live their lives in a way that doesn't hurt other people. So, um, so they do have a sense of like what is important about, about protecting people who are weaker, but there's also a a a uh, 
dissonance that probably a lot of, especially people who whose families don't have necessarily a lot of military members living and walking around, um, a, their empathy is rebuilt. So it's dis dismantled during the course of their training and their service in key ways, because you kind of have to, if you're gonna get people to take other people's lives. Um, but, you know, after their service or at various point during their service, I think they find ways to rebuild it, to exercise it, etc. But it never reads quite the same as civilian empathy, which I find, frankly, to be very milk toast and mealy mouthed. Um, and so I appreciate that. It was, for instance, one time, and I and and I respect it too. And that's the part that I I feel that I love about them. But I recognize that not everybody does. Not everybody gets it. Um, so I remember having a conversation with him one time, and we're talking about a young woman who'd left the UK in order to become. A, uh, a bride of the Taliban or something like that. And the question was whether or not she would be able to return. And I was all for it because she was a child. She was a teenager girl. She was a teenage girl when she left. And now she wants to come home. And that just seems absolutely the right thing to do. And he said, it's not that black and white. He said, I don't know that that's a good idea. I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? He says, you don't understand. He said, these girls are brainwashed and you, we don't know. There's no way of knowing if she's a sleeper until she activates. And so it's too dangerous. And so she has to stay where she is or she should stay where she is. And I'm just like, I cannot, but I understood it and I respected it because when you come from, as we both do, cultures where there's a lot of talk about, you know, duty and honor and being a good person and doing the right thing and protecting the innocent, but really nobody really does that. Whenever it comes time to have to, you know, to live up to a duty or to exercise honor or to behave like a good person or to put yourself on the line to protect someone else, we culturally are always looking for who is, who's the person? Who do we call to do that? These are the guys. These are the guys that you call to do that. So I, <laughs> I, and I also recognize that out of all of that, like extremely entitled, fat, lazy empathy, um, they will often judge guys like my guys, the ones I was raised with and the ones who have been who both and the ones who have claimed parts of my heart as an adult woman. Um, and people, you know, get kind of sna snotty and nasty with them. And I'm like, you know what, you don't you've never had to make a hard, a truly hard decision in your life. Just, you, you know, you just said it without saying it because these guys are the ones who understand the real value of life. They understand that some lives are more valuable than others. 
And they have to be out in the field and practice that idea of some lives being more valuable than others in real time with real death and life on the line. Because that is what their country has told them to do. And their country is defined whose lives are valuable and whose lives are not. And then they come home and they understand how to do that. But they also know that we pay lip service to every life is valuable, but it isn't. We believe that some lives are more valuable than others. We do. That is how we behave. That is how we move through the world every single stinking day. And I am sick to death of the fat, lazy empathy. Okay. So when my guys, so when one of my guys says something like, you know, we shouldn't let this teenage girl back in the country because it's too dangerous. While I might not understand it. And while I might feel that there's a way around it, I'm not going to judge him for saying that. I have no judgment. And I accept his assessment of the risk, which means that I would have to like, I'm not, I'm not about, I wasn't about like, oh, you know, open arms, blah, 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 blah. And instead in that moment, we just kind of said, I know that you know these things. I said, but you know, I don't. <laughs> you know that my heart is just bleeding all over the place and I can't help it. I want her to come home and have some tea and some cookies <laughs> and sit in her and be in her room and wrapped up with her family. That's what I want for her. And what you're telling and what he was telling me was of the reality that that might not be possible or wise for anyone. And so I can respect that. And he respected that I would want to, you know, he's like, yeah, I understand. You know, I hear you. I, I feel it too. I wish that I thought differently. I wish blah, blah. So anyway, so that was one of those moments of us kind of being <laughs> together. Um, but I, I, I think what I, I started off on along this track for another reason. Oh yeah, having a type. So that's my type, clearly. The other part is this. He's mine. There's a part of him that is mine. There's a part of him that will always belong to me. I can't help. That is how I feel in this moment. And I feel very much. But there's a part of me that will always belong to him. We were very deeply connected like crazy annoyingly that whole you know i think of you you call me kind of connected wishing he would call and him calling it was just weird connected you know logging in within seconds of each other and it was because we spent every single day talking for hours and hours and hours so we would spend um I'm not, because sometimes it would be just like a few hours, like three, four hours, five hours. And then sometimes it's the whole day. And, you know, we're talking like 14, 15 hours and we're kind of in touch with each other the whole day, texting, I got to go do this. I'll be back and talking deeply. So I keep trying to talk because of the fact that he was, he, we never physically met because of the fact that we lived so far apart, I keep trying to tell myself because of outside judgment, I'm looking at myself and judging myself with 
um, hypothetical outside eyes <laughs> for still feeling as connected to this person as I sometimes do. And I'm having one of those moments right now. I'm having one of those moments of feeling super connected, feeling like there's this part, because I felt like at one point I felt like I, I, I froze that connection and shattered it and it's dead, it's gone, but it keeps growing back. <laughs> it keeps growing back. And so my, my shrink said to me one time, because I remember despairing <laughs> like a year ago going, oh my gosh, I just can't take this whole, it's like, I just feel like part of him is mine, that he's mine. He belongs to me. He's mine. That part that there's a part of him that will always, no matter what happens, no matter where he goes, no matter who he's with, that there's a part of him that will always belong to me. And he said that that might well be true. And I thought, don't say that. Actually, I think I did say that. I said, don't say that. <laughs> that is not what I want to hear. What I want to hear is that eventually he'll be like a dim memory back, you know, in the rear, something I have to look in the rear view member, mirror to even remember. But that is really not the way I work. That is not who I am. I can't think of a single friend who I have lost, um, who, who I've, that I would not find a way to be their friend again if they came to me. You know, because usually, you know, once the relationship ends, it is usually the friend who's like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And I never hold anybody to, you know, you know, you don't have to stay. I'm not going to tie you up and nail your, your feet to the floor. Be gone if you need to be gone. But I'm here, you know. I don't, you don't have to feel. Anyway, so I've always been that way. And so the idea that I would be with someone who is the current love of my life, you know, who uh, at this point, the love of my life. Um, the idea that that would end and I would still not have active feelings about it probably for the rest of my life, it doesn't jibe with what I know about myself as a person. I will always love this person. I will always have a place for them in my heart and in my life. The degree to which that, and I, I've said, I mean, I talk such shit because, and I know I'm talking shit when I do it because it's how I want to feel. I want to feel that um, we're two people who can't know each other anymore. I want to feel that, you know, I'm done that I don't like them, that they are, that they need to go away and I don't care about them and whatever happens to them happens and blah, 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 blah. And there is a level of that, like going through that time period of like sort of talking, that kind of stuff helped me to recognize the ways in which I was ready and able to let go. So when it comes to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hanging out with one foot 
you know, I'm not trying to ride the book. I'm not trying to ride a bicycle with one foot anymore. I got both feet on the pedals and I'm moving forward. But I can also acknowledge that this was a very deep, wonderful, beautiful, special relationship and that the bond of it went super deep. It went super deep and the person, and I can say that, yes, I want to feel a sense of belonging to someone again. And I want, you know, I love to be in love again. And I want to um, be someone's partner again. All of those things are true. And it is also true that when I think about that, I'm not really envisioning my ex. And not because I would not like that to be the case, because I, I would. I would like, you know, my best case scenario is the, the train wreck that was 2020. Um, we all recover from it. And sometime in the future, come back together and, and start talking and end up together again. That would be amazing. That would be like the best case scenario. However, I am not hanging my emotional hat on that. I'm really not. So when I think about bonding with someone else, when I think about, yeah, see that? That's what it is. When I think about bonding, when I think about belonging, I am thinking about doing that with someone else, someone I've not yet met, someone in my future. And I am moving toward it. But Unfortunately, moving toward things <laughs> does not mean that your heart is done with the things that you left behind. So um, I want to talk about my relationship a little. I want to talk about how wonderful it was to be with him. I've said it any number of times, but I don't know that I've told stories. Um, what's a story I want to tell? One story I want to tell is... Um, He used to write me poetry, good poetry, like really good poetry, like poetry that he wrote about other things. I think he should totally publish because he's really good. And I'm a poetry snob, so I ain't going there lightly. And when he first told me that he wrote poetry sometimes, my first thought was, please, 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 please do not ask me to read it. Please do not ask me to read it because A, how good can it be? And B, oh, how will I ever look you in the eye? Because I'm not going to be able to tell you what's bad. I'm just not. I'm a very honest person. And I, and I don't tell people things are good when they're not good. Oh, so I was just, I was feeling so trapped <laughs> when we're sitting, we're, we're talking, and he kind of goes silent for a little while. I'm doing like work stuff or something. I can't remember what was going on, but it was like, no, it was evening. It was some evening. And um, he goes silent for a bit, and then he uh, he he's like, "I wrote I wrote something for you." I was like, "Oh, okay." See, now by knew it. By now, I knew that he sometimes wrote poetry. I was just, "Oh gosh, okay." Well, I it's the thought. Remember, it's the thought that counts. So it's okay if it's bad, and if it's. If it's, if it's bad, what you'll do, is, at least if the motion comes through, you can say that, you know, you really, you know, oh, 
how you could talk about how it makes your heart feel to have had poetry written for, for you without talking about whether it's good or bad. But at, the, but at the same time, I can still feel like in my chest and in my throat, how like <gasps> I was feeling about the idea of him reading me his poetry. But it was really good. It was really good. And it was so like romantic and just powerful and sort of elemental and all of the things that I love about love, all of the things that I believe personally about love, that it's kind of a, a primal, non-gentle force. So, hey, Sawa, Sava, nice to see you, Sava G. Um, and so his poetry is very much to my taste as well as being excellently written. And when a man writes you poetry, uh, I, I've always struggled with love. I've always struggled with the idea because I mean, people say they love each other. I know exactly what I mean when I say it. I have no idea. I have no idea what they are talking about when they say it. I don't know. You say you love me. What does that mean? What does the word what do the, does the word love mean to you in this context when you are talking about it, offering it to me? Now, Sava is on of the opinion that they are never going to love again. I don't believe you um, because we all do. We've all been there and it's always been a lie <laughs> because life is long and there is many a windy turn and we meet a lot of people. So I struggled with, but I've always struggled because a guy will tell me that he loves me and I'm thinking to myself, what does he even mean by that? Because I'm looking at his behavior and feeling mm, not much. I'm not feeling that much about what he's considered loving as far as behavior goes. Because love to me is a verb. It is not, it is more of a verb and it's also a choice. It's a choice, it's a verb, and then it's an emotion. The least more important part of it is the sentiment. So I never understand what people mean. So even when I was in like loving relationships with people that I deeply loved, who I believed really loved me and liked me, I still struggled to understand what they meant when they used the word love. I did, I had less confusion about that with my ex. He wrote me poetry. He made it pretty darn clear exactly what he meant by love. Um, and that helped me in a lot of ways. But yeah, and so that was beautiful and it was wonderful. We used to bicker about like everything. We bickered constantly and it was never about anything that had anything to do with us. And it was usually half in jest and, you know, we were a little bit sadistic toward each other. <laughs> he liked to frustrate me and I liked to tease him. I liked to annoy him. It's one of my favorite things. Oh my gosh. I used to call him, I used to tell him he was so analog. He's like 14 years younger than me, but he was, you know, pen, he's Mr. Pen and Paper. And I'm thinking, you use paper? <laughs> No, I said it to him. I was like, you use paper? Um, 
And so it was, it was, I thought that was just so charming and so cute. Um, he used to send me, uh, he, he loves music and he knows so much about it. I, I have friends. My um, preference is to have friends who are music snobs. So I can be as ignorant about music as I want to be and go, hey, you, a friend who knows a lot about music, what do I mean when I say I want to listen to this? Okay, thanks. Love that. And <laughs> and he used to laugh at me so much because there would be musicians and songs and he'd say, so, you know, you know this song. Oh, I'm going to try to remember. It's, um, give me love, give me, is this love, is this love? I can't remember that I'm feeling. Uh, reggae. I'm not going to, see, he would be despairing of me in this moment because I don't remember the name of the song. I don't remember the artist who sang it. Um, but he would send me, like, he'd get into musical listening mode and I'd be doing some something and he would be doing homework or whatever and listening to music. And he would just keep sending me, you know, YouTube video links of songs to listen to. And he'd always tell me, oh, you know, don't, uh, you know, don't feel like you have to listen to them all. You know, I wouldn't be, I won't be offended. And yeah, it used to annoy me a little sometimes when you'd get into that mode. But I will tell you, I found it so endearing. It was like adorably annoying, adorable annoyance. It's like, oh, he's so adorably annoying. So cute. I love it. Um, but, but most of the time I just really enjoyed it. And I, and also because he was, he gave me so much information by how, what kind of music he was listening to. I always knew kind of what mood he was in. And eventually it took me forever to figure out that he also used it to communicate. So he was sending me um, love songs a full three months before, uh, oh, at least three months, because I'm trying to think. We started seeing each other, really seeing each other, probably August-ish, late August, September. Can't remember. September? Probably September. Um, and I was already getting like really kind of sort of romantic-y songs being sent at me. And I and I would see them, and there there would be a little flicker of, I wonder if that's what this is. But then I would put it aside because I think, you know what? If he wants to tell me something, he's just going to have to tell me because I cannot be trying to decipher from musical cues. So <laughs> I was just like, it's fine. Um, but it took three months. And, you know, it, by January, I think is when he told me, January, February, something like that, is when he said that he loved me for the first time. Um, and it was... And I, I got to learn. And he was the one who picked out our songs. He would get like, um, how was it? Lucas Graham. There are days. I love the way. Wait. There are days. Something. Mm-mm-mm. I can't remember this. I'm, I'll sing it for you guys. Actually, I will. Because tonight is a night that I could do singing. Let me see. Let me find it. Um, he, that was the first song he picked out for us. When You Love Someone, that's what it was called. 
Here it is. Okay, I'm going to do it really quick. Here it comes, you guys. And Sava, I'm going to want to talk about that whole, I hope you feel like getting on the call or providing more information of why you're done with love, because I, I will want to convince you of why you shouldn't be. And I can't until you tell me. <laughs> Here we go. There are days I wake up and I pinch myself. You're with me and not someone else. And I'm scared, yeah, I'm still scared. That it's all a dream. Cause you still look perfect as days go by Even the worst ones, you make me smile I'd stop the world if it gave us time Cause when you love someone, you open up your heart When you love someone, you make room if you love someone and you're not afraid to lose them, you probably never loved someone like I do. You probably never loved someone like I do. When you say you love the way I make you feel, everything becomes so real. Don't be scared, no, don't be scared Cause you're all I need And you still look perfect as days go by Even the worst ones, you make me smile I'd stop the world if it gave us time Cause when you love someone, you open up your heart When you love someone, you make room If you love someone, and you're not afraid to lose them You probably never loved someone like I do You probably never loved someone like I do It'd be hard to find the one till I found you. And I find it bittersweet. Cause you gave me something to do. When you love someone, you open up your heart. When you love someone, you make room. And if you love someone And you're not afraid to lose them You probably never love someone like I do You probably never love someone like I do You probably never love someone like I do I love that song 
And the funny thing, so that was his pick. I never chose a song that was our song. That was always him. So when you love someone, um, somebody like you by, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, Macklemore. Something about you. About. It was awesome. I love that. That was after our first big fight where we almost broke up. Well, it was our only big fight. Um, uh, and that was the song that he he came back with. It was so sweet. Um, and I think there was also, uh, what was it? Uh, the, the last one was a Dermot Kennedy song called um, Lost. Oh my gosh. That song was just, you know, the lyrics are like, um, uh, how's it go? Uh, it talks about, you know, that, you know, that I shine. That was his thing. Like I shine. That was his thing that he also always said about me is that I shine. And uh, how proud he was of me and how much he admired me. And I said a lot of that stuff to him too, because seriously, I was proud of and still admire him in spite of the way, because I just, I was thinking about the breakup on the way home from the doctor's office today and realized that, um, the way it happened and when it happened, it was like an accident. It was like an ex an external event. It was the beginning of COVID, bunch of stuff had happened. It was like we were in a car crash and it ended our relationship. Um, and that helps me, thinking about it that way, helps me to be a bit easier about the way that we behaved. I did the best I could, but I don't know that I, I, I know that there were things that I could have done differently in the moment when it was happening, because my sense is that he feels an enormous sense of betrayal and abandonment from me. Although he was the one who broke up with me. Uh, <laughs> I think I wasn't supposed to let him go. And I got into my own walled, defensive, hurt little girl, like abandonment issue place about it. And instead of having a conversation, I just reacted, which I understood. I mean, there was, I had nothing in me in that moment that could have done anything else. And it hurt him deeply, just like he hurt me deeply. And the truth is, is that as difficult as the breakup was, I 100% believe that there was nothing in him that could have done anything other than what he did. Because truthfully, we don't do the right thing and not do the right thing on a whim, mostly. I'm not talking about toxic people. Toxic people get their own category. But those of us who, who most who are, I think, is, are most humans go through life not wanting to hurt people, but and not wanting to betray people, but doing it just the same, 
we do it because we don't know what else to don't know how to do anything else in the moment. Now, <laughs> Saba, <laughs> you said you would never love again. And I would like to know why I would like to know first, like what age or person you are. And next, like, why do you feel that way? What is it? Is it was it a breakup situation, a bad relationship? having or just having your heart broken i would love to know if you feel like saying and if you want to call in you're welcome to or if you want to just type it in that's cool too and i will be checking in to see reading reading i'll be um i'll be checking chat um if you decide to put anything out there so i like i said i wanted to talk about our relationship like the fact he coaxed me he was like he was the me whisperer I would, I'm, I'm very much, I'm very much feral <laughs> in some ways when it comes to emotional relationships. I'm very much like, um, a feral cat <laughs> who doesn't trust people. So, um, anything that he did, oh gosh, anything that he did or wanted to do for me, he would have to go into this, okay, I'm talking to a wild animal mode and kind of ease into it. Like he's trying to give me bad news. It was just, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous and outrageous. And it was, it made sense at the time because at the time that's where I was. That is who I was. I was not a person who had had a lot of love. I was not a person, though I've given a lot and I hadn't had a lot because I wasn't open to it. I wasn't willing to be vulnerable. Um, and, uh, and so I struggled with being given anything, even by someone who I knew all they were doing was giving it to me because they love me and they want to give me something. Even in that moment, I was, I would struggle and he knew it. I don't, we never had this conversation. It's not like I sat down and went, yeah, I don't like it when people give me things. It upsets me, <laughs> but he knew and so he would really kind of, and then, um, but what, what changed it for me was, you know, kind of going onto the platform and going to hang out with our friends after I said yes to whatever the thing was and thank you and so much and blah, blah, you know, eventually. Um, first, often there was a bit of a freak out and then <laughs> I would be like, thank you. I love it. I'm so happy. Uh, so what would ha what would happen is the next day I'd be like, oh, he did this. Isn't it wonderful? It's so sweet of him to my friends. And they're like, yeah, 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 we knew. He should, he was, you should have seen him. He was so cute. He was so nervous. He'd been planning it for days and da, 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 da. And he was so excited. He was so excited. He was like, so just like worrying you that, worrying that you wouldn't like it and put da, 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 da. And I, and in, and this, it, I would love to say that the, when that happened, that I realized I was stealing his joy. I was stealing part of his joy by being so difficult to give things to. I would love to, to say that that's what happened, but it took at least two or three times of me hearing that particular story before I, I recognized that that's what I was doing and that I wanted to be different. I wanted to behave differently. And I also wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy it with him instead of, you know, 
him having to go around to my friends and enjoy it by himself. And he appreciated it. He was, you know, being able to relax and just sort of give me the things that he wanted me to have. And I loved how patient he was with me. He never criticized me for it. He never acted disappoint, disappointed because of that's how I behaved. He accepted that that's who I was and that's how I was. And he man and he found a way to have his excitement and his joy, you know, without me for a while. And then once I, I, I hope I got well enough that he felt more comfortable. I don't know. I hope so. I hope I got, I got good enough at receiving that he was able to feel that the joy that he was enjoying giving it to me. He also liked me to ask him for, to give him things. So like, if I wanted to, you know, so, cause it's a virtual world. So if I wanted like a dress or something like that, going, Hey, <laughs> buy me a dress. <laughs> he really loved that. And he loved giving it to me. He just super generous, just from his heart and the things that he built for me, the things that it was beautiful. And he was so attentive. It was all about wanting to make sure I was taken care of so much of our relationship. Um, on his end was about wanting me to be taken care of. And I really appreciated that. I also appreciated that um, I'm a geek and I don't, and so I'm good at relationships <laughs> because I'm a geek, meaning I've done lots of reading and studying and I continue to read and study. And so while we were together, I got on the Gottman blog, the John Gottman and uh, Kate. I think this is Jennifer. I've forgotten his wife's name. The The Gottmans are um, psychologists who study marriage and relationships and how people can have happy and um, long-lived relationships. So I was like, I want a happy and long-lived relationship. I mean, we're never going to get together in, you know, in real life and, and, you know, meet space, but I want to have a happy and long relationship with him. So I did my research and things would crumb up occasionally and I would want to do the, can we do this exercise? And I'd be all shy and embarrassed and feel silly. And he would always be, you know, totally willing to do it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I made him sit down because I really, really loved, I really appreciated. Um, I know people have all kinds of opinions about Jada Pinkett and Will Smith. I love them as a couple. I love them as a couple because they are real about their relationship and they treat their relationship as if it is a real thing and not an ideal. They're not sentimental about their relationship. And you cannot have a long relationship and be sentimental. You have to be intentional. You have to plan that crap. It's like saying, I'm starting a business. I love what I do and I'm passionate about it. I'm going to go into it and now I'm doing it and I'm doing my business, the things I've done, no research. Um, I have done no, I have done no, uh, no, 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 I've not, I've not looked at whether or not my skill set as to whether or not I can actually do this. Um, but this is my business and now, oh, and look, I lucked out and it's up and running. And now I don't have to do anything else except feel good about it. And that is very much how we tend to think about relationships. 
That is not what they are. They are hard work. They're supposed to be hard work because you have two people. You think about just how hard it is to talk to someone else. The way I think about things, for instance, when I talked about love, when I say I love someone, it means I have their back. It means I am willing to put aside my interests, my um, my uh, desires, and prioritize them in order to prioritize them. Um, if I'm only doing that, then that's something we got to look at because it needs to be a reciprocal thing. Where I my sense is that you know you put some of that aside for me too, but but and one hundred percent it means that they have my loyalty. And for me, loyalty is I'm not going to talk crap about you to other people. I'm not going to um, disrespect you by um, allowing someone to, because, you know, there are times when I had, you know, male friends who would try to kind of, you know, that guys will do this thing sometimes where they will sort of, um, talk down about your partner as a way of flirting with you. You do that crap with me, I'm cutting you off at the knees because that's my person. It means that. It means that whatever is of concern to you in your life, whatever is a problem for you in your life, that now becomes an our issue. That becomes my problem too. And I'm going to be there for you in whatever way you want me to be there whether it's to be active or just to be support or just to be a place of peace where you can leave it behind, whatever you need. But I consider your problems mine. And to me, that is what love is about. And that's what I mean when I say it. But someone else means something totally different when they use the word love. And that's just talking about the word. So of course, it's difficult for two people who are not raised together thank goodness, please don't let them be raised together, you know, raised in the same family, to come together and know what the other person means by all the things. And it's hard work to make sure that we really understand each other and are open to listening to each other. Because sometimes, you know, your your partner will say a thing and it triggers that old, like, hurt from way back when, and you want to react. And sometimes we do react. And it's being able to make space for all of that, to make space for the fact that I'm going to want to react and I'm able to hold it together and stay in the moment with the person that I'm with and not with like what this meant when an ex said something similar or what it meant when I felt the same feeling when I was a little kid but to be willing to, to be able to stay in the moment. So I have to be able to make room for that. And they have to make room for the, the possibility that I might not be able to do that that day. They have to be able to like say, okay, uh, okay, we've had a crazy reaction to something that was very benign that I just said. So I don't know what's up, but I'm going to like not make this worse. There has to be space. I don't know. So I'm, I'm a very... Um, so when I love, I love deeply, I love hard and it's serious business, serious as several heart attacks. Um, and that's how I loved him. And it's how I still love him, frankly. 
part of the reason why I say, you know, we can't be together. We're people who shouldn't know each other anymore. So we are not good for each other right now. Whatever he's going through, whatever I'm going through, we're not good for each other. I don't know if there'll ever come a day when we're good for each other again. I would like to believe that we there will. I would like to believe because I believe in I believe in him and I believe in me and I believe in us. I don't believe that he's someone I'll never know again. I believe that he's a person I don't know right now. And I look forward to the day when we'll be able to know each other again. And at the very least, I want him as a friend because I miss talking to him about all the things. My gosh, we talked about everything all the time. Um, and I would get in my head and freaking out about something. And he would tell me why he thought I was wrong or why he looked at it a slightly different way or why this, or maybe a way that it might feel less or, or another perspective, like why that person maybe responded the way they did. But it was, and, and I appreciated that because even though I'm mad at someone, I don't want to dehumanize them. And I don't want to think of them as someone like, I don't like you anymore. I'm mad at you right now. Yes. And so I want to be mad. I want to get my mad on and I want to discuss how angry I am and all the ways and all the pieces of you that are really pissing me off. That's what I want to do in the moment. But I also know that once the in even in the moment, I know that once the moment is over, I'm going to want to feel, I want to feel, feel okay about the person. I want to like them again. I don't want to hate them forever. That's just not my way. I, I want to, so help me get to the other side of that. Um, and, but the, the, the way I often experienced being given another perspective felt un, like, a, I felt as if I was unprotected and I never felt unprotected for, with him. I was always aware that he was willing to stand between me and whatever. And I was always willing to stand between him and whatever. And the deal that we had was when it came to other people and their nonsense, we made a deal <laughs> that um, the other person, if someone did something that was upsetting to, that was upsetting to one of us, um, that the other person had to ask for permission before getting involved. They had to ask permission before attempting to steal our revenge or our solution. <laughs> so um, there were times when people would kind of come off kind of ridiculous with him. And I would be like, hey, can I, uh, what can I do? Can I do the, can I do the thing? Can I, can I, please, can I? And he would say no, usually. He almost always said no. Once in a while, he'll say, once in a while, he said yes. And when he would say yes, I would get out all of my frustration from the people that I couldn't, you know, let have it before. And just kind of do it that way. Um, we talked a lot. We talked about love and we talked about our beliefs when it came to relationships and we came to a release when it came to humanity. We talked about his ridiculous assertion that Wikipedia <laughs> is worthless. 
<laughs> that was one of the things I used to tease him about because um, he doesn't like Wikipedia. And while I know that Wikipedia is questionable and I never rely solely on Wikipedia for my answers, um, I did enjoy saying, I did enjoy, no, 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 it's true. I know because Wikipedia said so. And, and listen to him go off on his Wikipedia rant. So much fun. So, you know, we had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it's nice to be able to talk about that without pain and to acknowledge, like, we had a really serious deep thing going on. It meant a lot to both of us. And it meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to me. And there's a reason why I'm not over it. I'm not over it because it was serious. It was a serious, it was as serious a relationship as you can get into. It was as close as you could, we could, as we could make it. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. So it was, it, I, I'm decided to let myself have what my therapist said a year ago was okay to have, which is, there's a part of me that will always be his. And there's a part of him that will always be mine. Always. I know that man. There's a, there's a core to him that I know and that came to life. I know. I know that because of circumstance and who we and the alchemy of who we were, that I walked right past his defenses and he let me. And he walked right past mine and I let him. And I was well rewarded for that risk. And I hope he feels the same. But anyway, I've been talking for an hour. I did not, I cannot believe I've been talking for an hour because I was very, very <laughs> certain that I was going to be on here for 15 minutes and then I wasn't going to even po post this because after all, uh, it was only going to be 15 minutes. I'm only here to kind of like air out what's in my head and in my heart and try to make sense of it. Um, so anyway, I want to thank you, those of you who came to say listen and I hope that you're thinking about your own like love and your own relationships because I really do believe that we we tell each other ourselves so many lies when we break up with people we we lie to ourselves about how much it matters how much the person mattered how much they still matter because it feels stronger than it does to acknowledge that this person still lives with you in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I also don't think it's good for us. I, I, you know, we don't want to become Krillotanes from Doctor Who, you know, those creatures that, those alien creatures that, you know, would invade planets and strip the inhabitants of their body parts and add them to themselves. And... We don't want to be people who cannibalize others in order to grow. Yes, it's good. It's relationships are difficult. The endings are relationships, I should say, are complicated. Endings are often difficult. And it is easy to use those two reasons to look at to look at those two things 
and feel that we should no longer feel anything about that person. But the truth is, is every person that we encounter, every person that we have any kind of relationship with adds to who we are. And it is good if we are in an intimate partnership to be able to acknowledge what parts of that, of us that exist now came from that. And it allows us to think of the person and the situation with some kindness. Again, I am not talking about toxic people. You know, those people who, you know, I'm not talking about the toxic category. I'm talking about normal people who make mistakes and get it wrong and have flaws and, you know, pathologies and all those things um, that they struggle with. We do our best. And I think we, we gotta like acknowledge, or we don't have to, but it feel, to me, it feels more organic. It feels more like life and it feels more like love to be able to acknowledge that, yes, this was a deeply complicated relationship. It ended badly or it was a, it was a bad relationship and ended, and it ended badly. But this is what I learned while I was in that space. This is what I learned from being with that person. These are the things that they did that I thought to myself, ooh, I want to be more like that and, and, and you know, took on to myself. It matters if we're able to, willing to offer to ourselves the softness of feeling that having loved and been loved has beauty and being glad that it happened rather than sorry that it's that it ended i don't believe that those two things are binary i think both can exist do tend to exist at the same time but let's let them both exist at the same time be sad that it's over but also happy that it happened be sad because there was a time in every relationship where we thought that person was the bee's knees regardless of what a jerk they turned out to be or we thought they turned out to be because very often they weren't they didn't become more of a jerk we just started paying attention you know da da da, da just saying um so yeah anyway i am those are the thoughts that are streaming out of my head tonight i'm going to lock it down for now um i hope that you are able to think honestly and speak honestly from your heart about your previous relationships i'm starting to get to a place where i have i i'm little by little excavating that it's been a process over time um, and i continue to get closer to honesty i feel like i'm there now by being willing to admit that yeah that's a true thing how part of me will always belong to him part of him will always belong to me i ain't giving it up either it's mine it's my 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 part of him can't have it back <laughs> he gave it to me and i ain't giving it back no take backs anyway so <laughs> This is Streaming Consciousness. Take good care of yourself. Please take care of each other. Streaming Consciousness.